wholesome banger we finally we finally did it we finally decided hey enough with the action enough mm. with the the high paced stuff let's go let's let let's touch our hearts yeah a little. yeah let's let's do one for the kids let's do one for the yeah. kids yeah. that's right all the kids that, that stop us in the street matt brian you know we want to be you we want to talk about people that's killing right. each other on tv all the time like you do okay. like guys listen that's not what we're here for you know I realize our, our message got lost at some point, you know? <laughs> so we have to, so we got to come back and do it for the kids. That's right. Yep. We decided um, that since Matt can see, yep. finally. LASIK boy! <laughs> he could see and the then... The one thing I splurge on right. is myself. That's <laughs> right. Hey, you got to treat yourself. That's right. What a, what an episode of Parks and Rec that would be. Treat yourself. All right, well, I'm getting LASIK. Right, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just going to fix any kind of health or medical. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. Like bodily <laughs> ailment that I might have, you know, um, and it's dope. I gotta use. I still am using eye drops to help with the healing. Right. Uh, Marina at work still sees better than me. Really? Somehow. She's got twenty over ten vision. Like 20. perfect. All right. Yeah. Well, twenty twenty is normal, so right. she's like Shut twice up. as good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm right now. I'm at twenty fifteen. Okay. And if I continue to take the eye drops and heal over time, like well, I can get down to twenty ten as well. Okay. So that's the plan. Um, to get superhuman vision. They. Yep. Yep. That, that that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, I'm a it, fan. It's gonna be nice to see. It's weird, like to get up and be like, oh, all right, let me head over to Brian's and then be like, uh, where's my glasses? I got to put on contacts and to be like, ha! <laughs> don't need these fucking. Yeah, things. right. <laughs> Did I mistake myself for some common peasant? <laughs> so I, oh, that, there he is. So there, yep, it's coming out. Well, I mean, I I dropped a significant amount of money on. Oh so yeah, I'm gonna be you know throwing it around uh, in if, everyone's face. If for a student while. loans wasn't enough, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh boy, I mean, you know what it is? I my stamp, my cost of living is pretty low right now. Right. You know, you had I, the opportunity. Yeah, and I saved up for it since I started a year ago. I right. was saving up for this, so um, definitely wasn't an impulse buy. You know, <laughs> I uh, like that this like you're treating it just like oh, yeah, I bought these shoes. It's like no, nah, I fixed. I had someone just. So to shoot a laser my in my eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. The procedure only took eight minutes. Very really? comfortable. Didn't Ooh. feel a thing. Um, and, I rec- and in two days, I was seeing better than I ever saw in my life. Okay. So, um, so really, like, that part, I, the whole idea, like, logistically of, like, the actual procedure didn't bother me at all. Like, they gave me a half a zanny to okay. start. I wasn't even going to take it. Because I wasn't, I was very, like, I wasn't worried at all. The effects of the Xanax would probably last longer than the actual procedure. Yeah. Yeah. But I figured, you know what, let me, in case there's any kind of dulling of the reflexes, like, that might be useful. Right. I don't want to fucking blink or sneeze during this. So, um, 
I took it. Okay. You know, because, you know, your boy's usually straight edge. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I took it. And I, I, I didn't even feel it, honestly. But then, I don't know if you feel Xanax, you know? Um, I mean, you feel a little slow. Mm. I mean, I've never taken it, but I'm pretty sure, like, I've taken, like, like painkillers before, but, like, yeah, nah, feel a little loose. Feel a little loosey-goosey? A little goose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really feel any effect, but... Yeah, then, you know, they we did it, and that was it, and that was good, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so now, what did I do with it? I watched Princess Bride. That's right, we watched The Princess Bride. From, we... like, 20 feet away from my TV. <laughs> it was okay. I watched it from the other room. Yeah, <laughs> through the walls. Through the walls. <laughs> Behind the, the windows. The <laughs> from a neighbor's house. <laughs> but, uh, and, and boy, I mean, I'd seen it once before. And this is and, one of those rare instances that yeah, I saw the movie and you had it. In our production meeting before the show, um, <laughs> I'm just going to start calling it that just in case we start getting monetized. Yeah, right. So that it, like, we, I can write it off on my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I've actually never seen this, even though I bought the DVD. I'm very surprised by that. Yeah. It's 87. I, it's like... I know. It's like two. I was two. Well, but, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think I got this confused with uh, Troll 2 at a point. <laughs> really? Because they haven't had like, the same setup of like a grandfather and a kid, and I was mm. like, ah, whatever. And then they just moved along. Yeah, yeah. But now that I've watched it, I was like, damn, like, it was good. It lives up to the hype. Yeah. Princess like... Bride. I wanted to get my sister to watch with me yesterday, but she didn't want to, so. Okay, that's yeah. fair. She didn't, I mean, she didn't she know. She doesn't have a like, heart. She doesn't have Yeah, it's like, oh, a fantasy movie from the this 80s. This is 100% like... your campaign in D&D, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Crush, yeah. Down to the whole princess throwing themselves out a window bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is... Because the thing is, uh, this movie isn't, like, throwing any ideas out there or any concepts out there that having wa- watching it now, like, 30 years later, right. you're going to be unfamiliar with. You know, it's... Even I'm sure in the '80s it subverted a lot of fantasy tropes, but I yeah. think it, the movie was probably so influential that even the tropes it's subverting are now tropes. I feel like this probably like this probably took the, a lot of like the piss out of like the, like the Errol Flynn movies, like the mm-hmm. like the 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 night movies previously, like yeah. the, like the one like up into like the '60s, I guess. Yeah. So like this movie is kind of like what Mel Brooks did to a lot of other things. Like, like, this is like, Python, like yeah, you know, yeah. I it, think it, I think Mel Brooks is a good. Is yeah, a good like this is like Mel Brooks by way of Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. It's like where Mel Brooks would have been a little bit more, like you would never have had like the narrator. Like he actually did. He actually did this in Robin Hood Men in Tights. So that's even with the, almost the same cast. But but yeah, like it's it it. I like the fact that it's a narrated movie, and sometimes the the story interacts with the narration yeah. in the way that they kind of. Like with the eels, yeah, with the eels, where they're kind of just like waiting around, and then like, oh yeah, okay, now. Yeah, girl, you read that part already. It's like, oh right, right, right. right, right. Give me a second. Yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it's cool. It's a cool. Um, again, it's like, it's playing off the fact that these stories are like, that these are stories that have been told for so long, right? You know, and it, it's, it because they are playing on like a storybook fantasy tale, right? And in the eighties, like you know, it's been done so many times. That it, you really you don't even remember the tales you remember being told the stories, and so that's I think what they wanted to to 
to play off the kind of familiarity they wanted to get out of it. Yeah, because it, it never felt like it was new ground. Mm-hmm. It just felt comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it did everything really well. Like, yeah. nothing felt like, oh, what a cliche. Right. You know, it was, it was, it was kind of uh, watching it before it became cliched or, or you know, think, things become quote-unquote cliche because they start to lose things. Right. Um, like, name, name a movie cliche. Damn, I'm putting you on the spot. Damn it. Oh, man, I wish we should have just talked about this in the production meeting. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, damn it. Why what, Why is my brain not working now? Uh, no, I just I, drank a G Fuel sour rug chug thing. Rug chug? I don't remember what it was called. The, the raging gummy raging fish. Gummy. Raging gummy fish? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like the the like the evil guy explaining his plan. Right, the yeah. monologues, the right? The monologues, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's like a big... Because now people use that because they didn't want to tell the story before. Right. But when that originally happened, you know, it probably... It wasn't like, a, oh, like, we don't want to tell this, like, naturally, so we're just going to have them at the end. It was because... It, like, think of it, it was like, like Wizard of Oz. Right. Like, it was kind of a thing where it's like, this was a character of mystery... And it was satisfying as for the viewer to finally hear them like explain right. where they're coming from, and then over time it becomes a cliche where instead of like them setting up for that, they do it to avoid having to set up for other things. So all the cliches that are in this movie, like for example, you know the the masked man like going to save like the true love, right. like, the revenge, avenging her father, all that stuff. It's been like it's been lazily retold, but in this movie, it's not lazy. It's not like you know, uh, it, it's not like done because they didn't want to think of something else, or didn't want to be, or they were uninspired. Right. It is told in the full, uh, you know, amplitude and quality that that it should be. You know? Yeah. And it works out really nicely. Do you think that it helps that? It's being told to a, a like a younger kid, and sometimes he's calling it out. I'm like, oh, like this is like this is kind of dumb. And it's like, hey, look, the story is a story. Like this is what it was. Like kind of like that whole like young and old thing. Yeah, yeah. and I and I and kind of the opposite of that. I really enjoy too, where the kid would be like, nah, he's not gonna die. He's right. the hero. He can't die here. Right. And the guys is like, and the like, dad, can I just read the fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the granddad was playing him like a fiddle. Oh, you know, I, I don't have to keep going if you don't want me to. That's old Peter Falk. That's Columbo himself. Yeah, and he's and he's played played him like a fiddle. Kid was <laughs> kid was hanging on to every word. I think like I really like that whole dynamic with Fred Savage and uh, Peter Falk. You know, yeah. they they had like even though they didn't have a lot of screen time, they did kind of like click quickly, mm-hmm. and I think that that's great because obviously, like you said, like you could tell. Even though, like, it is in the it is in the story, like, if you looked at it like a real thing, it's like you could see like the grandfather knows he he threw this line out. It's like this kid's probably not, gonna, and he's like, oh, I know, I got you now. Yeah. Like that hook is right in. Like, yeah. I could play. Like he's like, even when he's like, well, I could stop reading right now mm-hmm. and just come back another day. It's like, no, 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 I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Like, Messing with him. Yep. Which is cool because the kid was like really unhappy. Like they, when the kid walked, like. Uh, when the mom was first like, hey, your granddad's here. He's like, could you just tell him I'm sick? I don't want to mess with him. Um, but it's really cool because, like, uh, for me, by the end of it, when... You Remember know, the days when you could be young and sick and have an old person in the same room as you? <laughs> that's a good time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's true. This movie starts... That's that's the one way this movie dates itself. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Um, well, you're sick. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'll, see you, me. I'll see you in six months, Grandpa, when I drive past for your birthday. Yeah. And I honk the horn at you. Yeah. <laughs> I lift out like an oak tag sign. Yeah. You're great. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm so glad that, I don't know if that's still going on, but I'm glad that stopped over here. Were you getting that a lot? Oh, my God. There was like, at times, I would hear like just, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because, right. you know, it's a new neighborhood, I'm like, is there like some shit happening? Because the fire department's down the block, the police department's up the block. I'm oh, like, yeah. It's like, oh no, like, what's going on? And it's just like, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, come on, it's eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, they get up early for this They do. Too, don't they? We're going to get everybody from school, like, yeah. all yeah. your teachers, everyone's going to come out. Jeez. Whoever was the first person to come up with that is possibly the biggest. Like, they're the ones that started coronavirus. Yeah, yeah they're, oh. they're the biggest, like, offenders against hu- the human race. Like, yeah. Put them in, put them in jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, and by the end it was, it was very wholesome to see that relationship kind of get stronger by right. the end of the movie. Um, yeah, because it is a lot of we are asked to bi- see a lot of relationships kind of build in this movie mm-hmm. with not only uh, grandson and grandpa. I don't think have names. Uh, huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, also. Wesley and Buttercup. Yeah. We see their relationship grow. Yeah. Um, then we have Fezzik and Inigo Montoya. <sighs> My favorites. <laughs> and then, then becoming friends with Wesley mm-hmm. around the end. Um, also, I keep on forgetting what uh, Wallace Shawn Wallace Shawn was in this. Also known if you youngins are here. He's Something the, with a V. Who is he for the youngins? Uh, he's Rex from Toy Story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a... Uh, uh, Has Rex ever said Inconceivable? I think so. That's awesome. It's inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. You keep saying this word. I don't think you know what it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> I I love the fact that like Mandy Patinkin plays Inigo Montoya, which he's it's a it's actually like a surprisingly as someone who's never seen this movie before, but I've heard of like this character. Yeah. And I heard, and I and I read something like and I like Mandy Patinkin from a lot of other things he's in. He's he adds a lot of like gravitas to especially now when he's older but like him it's like hearing him say like Inigo Montoya is one of his favorite characters because like like he was so like dedicated to his mission and kind of like a ridiculous person yeah and it's like and then I was like oh well I wonder how good it could be and then when I watched this I'm like like wow like it was, it was a really, really good character good. Like, I loved it like, really good character it's like and also like I love the the Andre the Giant as yeah he was so like like endearing and sweet yeah. and like just kind of misunderstood giant i was right. like oh my god like i fucking love this really flipped the dumb oaf uh big dumb guy like right. to stereotype really nicely he's like i could just kill you <laughs> like yeah. he's like i, I didn't have to miss the whole like rhyming thing was yeah <laughs> like <laughs> oh it was it was so cute yeah uh it was definitely um i think for me I get a, like big like Han and Chewie vibes right. from Inigo and Fezzik, uh, and not in that their characters are similar like individually, but like one their bond right right, and two that I like enjoyed seeing them almost more than I enjoyed seeing Wesley. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of that whole that it's actually a cliche maybe a trope of where the supporting characters are way more interesting than the main character. Yeah, it's like. 
like in like the Goonies, like a lot of the Goonies are a little bit more uh, interesting than Mike. Yeah, like it, 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 it it's kind of a th- like it, it the, those two kind of reminded me of, and I'll quote this. I think for a while of a, a famous turtle and a famous elephant that I know of, mm. that I personally know. Mm. That is definitely built for a long haul kind of epic than you know short sample size. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I, I think like. When I started seeing that, and when I started seeing, like, oh, that's kind of how I wanted to play uh, Pedro Eastman. Like, that's you're that's playing him at, as like like a Nigo Montoya. Mm. Like, I, I, like I didn't realize it until after. I, but I think you play him more as uh, as shit. What's his name in the movie? It's like the guy that hired him. Oh, oh, yeah, Fezic. No, Fezic. No. Fezic's Andre. Oh, but Fezic. it's familiar. It's yeah. sim- It's similar to Fezic. Um, his name Vin, Vinzini Vin, yeah. Vizzini Vizzini or something Vizzini, like that. Yeah. yeah Um, I think your character is more like him really because he's like using the other two guys well it was gonna right. be a little bit more I, that's why I'm saying I mean, like, it, it'll grow it will grow. grow like it had a, yeah. it had a place to grow right right well, whereas he was just such a jerk that yeah. it wasn't gonna happen Vinzini was a dick Pedro was buying that's true, but... Buying junk as food, and he was still getting the money. He was like, you know... Didn't know his name, but, you know... <laughs> it was all a ploy. Yeah, yeah. It's all a prank. It was all um, a prank. But yeah, I was going to try mining you for, like... Because I don't think I'm going to be playing that character for a while. So I was going to see, like, if Junkus was the name you were given, or it was actually your real name. Not a good Because point. if it was a given name, like, from the circus... That's why he wasn't going to call you that. Oh. He wanted to call you by your real name. Oh, I didn't think about that. I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, but you're thinking better, more you, in D&D you guys are playing, than I am. You're playing D&D, I'm playing chess over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would actually be really yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. That would be really cool to yeah. add to it. Um, because I had the other two who just kind of just ignored they, me. They weren't on, yeah, they weren't on the same page. They weren't. Uh, they weren't yeah. playing the same game. No. Yeah. But uh. But yeah. Inigo Montoya. We could have a whole podcast yeah. just about Inigo Montoya. What a what a well rounded character. Right. You know, driven by vengeance. Yes. But still, like very honorable. You know. Um. You know, very funny. Very fun. And very flawed in that. You know, the second he loses, he becomes a drunkard, <laughs> like waiting for his boss to come back. You know. I like the fact that he is confident enough to be like, well. I'll, like that whole like his whole fight scene with Wesley where he's so like so good he's like oh he's kind of like oh you uh, he tells him his backstory he tells him that he's been he's been training for 20 years and they start fighting and he's like, he's like oh you're very good it's like well I've been training for 20 years I better be I like, be <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like he still kind of has that like awareness to kind of like not take himself super seriously but like kind of enjoy the moment he's yeah. like you are very good like I am because he's, he's probably one of these guys who's He's you know, a student of the game. He's a student of the game, and when he's been, you know, working for Benzini and just kind of doing the the mercenary business, so like if he had to kill someone, it's just like oh, click click, dead. Mm-hmm. You know, just like not nobody could kind of stand the challenge in a while, right? So now that Wesley's challenging, and then they have this kind of this good moment where he's like, where they're throwing, he's like, I know one thing you don't know. Yeah, it's like oh, what's that? It's like I'm not left-handed, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, well, why are you smiling? It's like. On that left hand, it's like oh, like these guys, they're like, it. Uh, like, I'm not sure why Wesley would go with his left hand then, but you know, still, yeah. it was a cool moment. Right? Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, why I, would you do that? Then? I love like the. I I I don't know why, but I really laughed 
when they were showing them climbing the rope. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're just like all arms. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even like just, their legs are just dangling. <laughs> so you couldn't think of, you didn't think your legs might help you at all during that endeavor. <laughs> just one foot on a rock. Just... Yeah. It was pretty funny. Um, I, I, I do, really, I do really like his, his whole, like, isn't there anything I can do to make you trust me? You know, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll give you on, on my life. You will make it up alive. And then he, even when he comes up, he like pulls the sword. He's like, no, come on. You're like, wait, like, give yourself some wait, time. Wait, wait. We're hanging there for a while. You know, <laughs> I see. I love that. I love like when comedies, when they do that, like, and I think so like when comedies are able to kind of just stop mm. and be like, Hey, all right. All right, like let's like let's not do this like act like action comedies mm-hmm. when you know it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, because it, it kind of like pauses the action and you're like, oh wait a minute, they're just kind of just people. Yeah, it, it it's like it's like a Mel Brooks thing. Like, mm-hmm. like the why kind of reminded me of him where it's like where they'll be like they'll kind of like go on with things like wait, 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 wait. it's like oh, I got a time machine. Right, right. Like, oh, okay, no problem. You like break like, that kind of uh, yeah, break the tension. Yeah, and I I liked it because not only did it kind of ease this tension where it's not such a cliche like okay I'm up on guard and all mm-hmm. that shit or it's mm-hmm. like more like now I get to find out about right. ego now I get to find out about kind of a little bit more about Wesley it was a little it was very seamless I guess it was like an exposition dump a little bit right but it was natural you right know? it was like two guys just sitting down it's like by the way do you uh, have a sixth finger on your right hand you know right. it's like oh, no well, okay it was it was I thought it worked out I thought it was really well done a really nice way to for him like it felt like a natural way for them to give that information right you know to the to the viewer um and it was also like the first steps towards cultivating that friendship that ends up being uh the main driver of the last act right so it was really really good um then the sword fight itself too was kind of they were just kind of like just kind of ting 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 for the first like uh right like 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 first minute or two of it and then once they started like really seeing like, oh, this guy's good. It was like, oh, you know what? This guy's good too. Then you actually see their techniques actually start getting a little more nuanced. Right. Like they were playing, they were kind of playing each other, like yeah. playing around where it's like, oh, you're doing this defense. He's like, well, on the rocky terrain, you, you forgive me, right? Right. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you must have been, you must have uh, considered that it would be countered by this one. And then <laughs> I didn't. He's like, yes, I did, which is why I did this one. It's funny, and but like their actual sword swings are just kind of like. This clean, just tipping. This, yeah. Yeah. Until, like, they start switching to their dominant hands, and then they start showing those feats of athleticism. Then it actually becomes a sword fight, and right. it's actually, it was actually pretty fun to watch by the end of it. I thought it was super funny when they found that random bar mm-hmm. <laughs> at the yeah. end of the fight. Yeah. And, like, Anigo gets his, uh, his sword knocked out of his hand, and then he kind of grabs the bar and just, whoop, bump. Right. And it's like, okay. And then you could obviously see the mat just move. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Wesley does like a full on. Does like, the Simone Biles just yeah, like <laughs> just, just goes like a full on routine. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> very athletic. Right. Uh, I also and then then with Fezzik's thing, a little less a little less uh, you know iconic. I think you know what surprised me mm. is how quick it was in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought they were a little bit more like spread out because yeah. like that that's all I. Was ever like whenever I heard anything about, it, I was like, "Oh, it's Anigo Fezic," and then this great standoff with uh, Vincent at the end. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's like the whole movie." And I was like, that's, "Oh, that's the first twenty minutes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I guess, I guess they really so. Do squeeze a whole campaign into like one into two hours because they don't make you guess what stairs are, Matt. That's what happens. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess that'll do it. Yeah. But uh, but even the Vizzini thing was good. I was, I was like, why the hell? Like as he as he takes them both, my first thought is, well, he poisoned both. You know, right. like anyone would think that, but it was just uh, very funny. It, it was the perfect way to play Vizzini, like somebody who who just thought he was very smart. Right. You know, and you just kind of play off of that. You know? <laughs> um, it was really it was really enjoyable. Uh, but then things got a little weird. When he starts like slut shaming Buttercup, you know. Yeah, that got. I think because he he wanted to test her, mm-hmm. to like yeah. And this was kind of like a weird part for me is like when they when he finally catches up and she's like, oh, you're the the dread pirate pirate Roberts. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so he's he's taking on that moniker, which you know that's fine, everything's cool. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, even though he looks exactly like Wesley, yeah, from the fucking nose down, it's yeah. like, oh, did you grow a must a tiny little mustache? Yeah, like who's that gonna? Yeah, who's that boy? Yeah. But anyway, go on. But yeah, like, so he, I guess he was kind of like, because he didn't explain to her what happened to it. like, she's like, oh, you killed killed Wesley. He's like, what? Well, and he tells the story of why, quote unquote, he killed Wesley, and just to kind of like see her reaction. But, like, the way he went about it was um, kind of weird. Yeah. It was like, ah, like, he, like, raised his hands, like, oh, yeah, that was first like, one's free, next like, one's gonna pick. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Like, that's a quick trigger finger right there, Captain pal. Roberts. <laughs> whoa. But I, I, I think he was legit hurt. Yeah. I think he was legit, like, hurt that, you know, he's like, look, I told you I'd always come back for you. You couldn't even wait five years, now you're marrying this guy. Granted... He should have known that right. the custom was she doesn't get a choice. Right. You know, he lived in the same town she did. You know, he <laughs> they should, grew up on the same. Block. Yeah, he should know that the prince selected her and she had nothing to do with it. Right. She was a no in the noble families, right? I think that's. She, I think she yeah. was a noble girl, but like, you know, they like like they said they said in the beginning like the prince chooses his wife and that's how it goes. Right. You know, so it's like he should know. Even though he's just a farm boy, that that's how it works. Yeah, he's got no customs. So shouldn't be upset there. Second, a good point that Buttercup brought up, like, why didn't you wait for me? You were very clearly dead. Yeah. It wasn't like he's gone and we don't know where he is. Yeah. The word is, he's dead. Yeah, your ass is how dead. How can you wait for someone to come back for you that's dead? Right. And then he straight up goes, death is only a temporary setback for true love? Well, how the hell was she supposed to yeah, know right? that? It's like, what are the fucking rules? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's also like kind of an unfair thing for like. Yeah, he was unfair to her, but like, I think it was because he was acting. It yeah. sucks to see your girl. No, yeah, I understand. It's, it's like kind of like an, an unfair expectation you put on like female characters. It's mm-hmm. like, well, why didn't you wait? Why weren't like? It's like, bro, this is the eighteen. This is like the seventeen hundreds. There was no email back then. She's like, yo, yo, peep this, like real quick. It's like, yeah. I put that. I put the put it on the private DMs. Yeah, like, I'm going off the grid for a little bit. Right. You know. Come back when I'm ready. It's like, there's this really cool pirate scam that I'm running right now. Yeah. Like, just give me a Very minute. lucrative. Think we could do, get a lot of money this way. Right. But the thing is, like, even if even if she was waiting for him, what could she have done? Yeah, she could have just, like, grown old. and she, Yeah. If she was waiting for him, and then, and then Prince... Uh, Humperdinck? Farquaad, yeah, Humperdinck. Right. Uh, was like, I'm marrying you. What could she have done? Right. You know? She had no choice. Right, yeah. So it's like... He's got to some slack. He's got to know, pretty blonde woman, in, in a farm village. Yeah, it's the guy that be top of the. Someone's gonna scoop. <laughs> the shooter's gonna shoot. You know? Yeah, hunter's I think, gonna hunt. I think the early introduction to Buttercup was kind of like, you know, here's your very you know standard 
damsel in distress, and when they went through the the swamp, the the fire swamp, mm-hmm. I thought I was like, okay, like at at a certain point, I was like, okay, just grab the grab the sword and stab the, the yeah, sword. like don't yo, just stand there. Come on, Buttercup. But then, like at the Show end, at the end, when she kind of started standing up for herself, even though standing up for herself was, yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna kill myself. Yeah, like that was kind of like. I think that's how it was back then, though. Yeah, that's like, how. Yeah. That's the only way girls could really like stick it to anybody is by jumping out a window, stabbing themselves. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but like the thing, and also that kind of tumble down the hill. Right. <laughs> so what was that? <laughs> no, that was pretty funny. Like as you wish. Like, oh, door. <laughs> oh god! And then she tumbles down too. Right. I th- yeah, and that's. I think that's the yeah that that that's a pretty good joke that yeah. she would just throw herself yeah, down yeah, yeah. instead of walking down. Yeah, right. <laughs> she throws herself down, and then like a very talented stunt woman, just yeah. like, and then, uh, who had pants on under her dress, <laughs> just went for it. There's some pretty nasty falls in there. Yeah, that's crazy. Jeez, I expect her to like hit a tree halfway down, like right. bounce off of Came it. Off it. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, then we go into the fire swamp. The fire swamp, I feel, is, like, they're, like, a lot of, like, kind of, uh, inspiration with that and, like, labyrinth and, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, you can see, like, this is definitely the, I mean, the set design in this whole movie was fantastic. Yeah. Like, everything was kind of, like, it kind of had that, like, over-the-top vibe to it, but mm-hmm. never was, like, goofy. It was more like, uh, like, okay, like, they're taking it, they're, this is a movie. Like, isn't, they didn't just find a place. To shoot, they're like, we made this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From when I first saw, like, the main village when Prince Humperdinck announced her. Right. I was like, yeah, this is, this is like, this looks lived in. Right. You know, this looks like a real world. Um, but yeah, the fire swamp was interesting. So, first of all, that swan dive into quicksand. Right. That he did. How are you, how, what is your plan? How are you going <laughs> to reorient yourself in this pit to be straight up, like, right. vertical and, and then pull her up with what seemed like one hand. One arm, yeah. But then again, he did climb that entire mountain using just his arms. So. I think they set that up. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of a Molly Sue, though. I think, yeah. I think, so. like, a lot of it is, he is way OP. He's OP. But I think it's fun. I think it's supposed to be part of the joke. Yeah. Because in, in a lot of these, like, romance tales and, and the, the trials and tribulations of knights searching the prince, they do, like, the craziest shit where if it's, like, a... The, the knight traversed the stairs in, in his in his armor where in real life it's like 80 pounds of metal right and you're walking up stairs can't even walk up like four flights of stairs right now exactly without like going like fuck I hate walking up stairs <laughs> but he was like way too in, he was like way too skilled and in, in fighting to be as smart as he was too you know what right. I mean I feel like he was just smart too much of the whole package right if he was just smart and he like outwitted everyone I can see that. Yeah. But when he beat Montoya, that was that was a little much. Yeah. I feel like if he outsmarted Montoya at the end, I think it would have made a little yeah. more sense. I feel like he could be smart enough to learn skill like fighting skills mm-hmm. and be smart enough to realize like you could choke choke out Andre the Giant. Right. He's not going back up from the sleeper hole. No, nah, no. Nah. You could pull that arm up. You get that rear naked. You just get lock, lock him in. He, he's t- he's tapping. You, you get you get the back. Yeah. <laughs> You just hold I expected on. Expected a ref to come out. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Earl Hebner comes out. And starts yeah, <laughs> one. The crowd's like one. Yeah. 
oh, Andre. Oh, like, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like if they kind of, they didn't really set him up as like they set him up as just like all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to maybe this is gonna sound stupid. Maybe the power of true love yeah. made him a better fighter, made him a smarter person, made him a more compassionate man to... Because if he was if he was the Dread Pirate Roberts for five years, he murdered a lot He's of people. He's done some shit. He has killed some folks. Yeah. And now it's like... Uh, now he's not gonna, so he's he's all right so you could accept the fact that he has done some shit he has seen some shit but amigo has been training for 20 years mm-hmm. he should wipe the floor with him that's what i'm saying andre the giant is 500 pounds heavier yeah. than him could just that's you know. right but I, I think the only person he could have conceivably <laughs> haha nice. beaten was fezzik nice because that nice. i mean a skill of you could be like if you are smart enough like if you even if you're not like book smart enough you can be you know clever clever enough yeah. to outsmart smarter Vizzini, people at least. Yeah. and the thing is Vizzini wasn't even that smart he was just manipulative right you know so all you have to do is just use his ego use his ego and especially if you're gonna poison both things right. you just have to build up a, yeah. an immunity to to poison to iocane which is right. fake so, and then, and then yeah. the hunter came up after. He the, they specifically mentioned it's odorless, tasteless, clear. Right. And he goes, I'll bet my life on it. Diocane. <laughs> and I, I kind of like that because it, like, it is, it, the books do that where, like, and stories do that where they have, like. He just takes ha- a sniff of this odorless fluid. But, like, the whole thing is, is, like, they have this action where it's just, like, you have the action and then you have someone telling you what just happened mm-hmm. and it's like I just saw that but it's like no this is something else this is like for the reader like this, right. is, this is how you also get introduced to Prince Humperdinck being a great hunter this is mm-hmm. how you get introduced to um, the six fingered man which I forgot his name Man Manduku no Manduku <laughs> Count Duku uh, Count Rugen yep played by Christopher Guest who <laughs> yeah which is uh, <laughs> he was in Spinal Tap he, he's a uh, Oh man, him! Oh, Jesus! Like he's done a lot of like weird comedies. If you want to check out the comedies of Christopher Guest, it's pretty good. Wow, I did not know Billy Crystal was Miracle Max. Oh really? That's crazy. And Carol Kane was his wife. That's crazy. Yeah. Like Carol Kane makes sense, but like <laughs> Billy Crystal was way too made up. I couldn't tell. You could uh, tell by his uh his Long Beach accent there. <laughs> I do like that like everyone kept their normal accents for yeah. this, except for Inigo Montoya. Right. You know? Like, even the, the albino torturer. Like, he, <laughs> when he, like, cleared his throat, he just sound like a normal guy. I, I, that's, <laughs> the, like, I don't know why, but, like, shit like that always gets me, where it's like, and you're in the... <clears throat> you're in the... It's uh, like you're the, in the, the uh, torture chamber. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, that's also, like, a Mel Brooks thing. Yeah. You know, just, like, it, you kind of... Br- break the fourth wall a little bit by using like modern accents or funny accents and right. it um and it, and it eases tension but in this case it kind of makes sense because you're thinking of it like this is the grandfather telling the story right and so he you might he might be like the, the kid might be hearing it with his grandfather's voice right you know Wait, um you know what be like it'd be i think it, it it's kind of like it, it's funny because there was a point where he was kind of just like skimming through it and they were all kind of like Saying like, shit. Um, I think it was maybe it was by the, eel, the beginning part with the eels, mm. where Peter Falk's voiceover was talking, and they're like, kind of just like, 
waiting in the water and like, oh, okay, and there's, like, oh, I'll catch you. And, like, I think that's, like, if you could compare it to something now, would be, like, an Ant-Man with Michael Pena kind of going mm. over things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, how that story kind of only interacts with his mannerisms. Right. Like, everyone's doing his, like, they're impersonating him. Right. So, I yeah, think... That's a, good, that's a good comparison. I think if that would be what the movie would be like now. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people would be more, like, you'll have a time, like, it, you would have a time where the movie would just kind of be the story and, like, the normal action and we would be deep in, but they would become a part of, like, an interruption and like, oh, uh, okay, let me just kind of... And it would kind of be in that mannerism until they get back into it yeah, a little yeah. more then they, they, they kind of fall back into that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool way of implementing it now in a more modern way. Yeah. But uh, just a note about Wesley being, like, OP. Right. I mean, it's cool because, you know, the power of true love and everything, but maybe that's why we all find Montoya and Fezzik more, more fun to watch. Because they're flawed and flawed, and they're flawed, and it's more likely that they won't succeed. Right. You know? Like when Montoya, when he, when when the count threw the dagger and, and hit him in the stomach, I was just like, I actually thought like this is it for my boy. He might not make it. Right. You know, um, and it, and it was a lot. It was like so cool. I love that whole like because you wouldn't expect it in a comedy. Yeah. To be like to have this moment where like even in. Like, in a John Wick movie, it's like, you killed my wife. Yeah. And then he just, like, my powers... Dog. He, like, hulks up. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of goes through and just fucks everything up. Real and he's, like... American starts playing. Right, yeah. And he, like, has... And he gets wounded, and he's like, oh, like, oh, no, like, this is bad. Yeah. And he's like... But with... Like, which is... It's the biggest badass movie. It's like, he's like, my name is Anigo Montoya. And oh. You killed my father. Prepared oh. to die. And he's just fighting his way through it. Yeah. And as he's getting there, he's like... But he's still he's, selling. He's still like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm still like dying here, and I'm bleeding from the arms mm-hmm. and shit. And it's like, it's like, and he he gets it. He he corners him. He's like, my name is Inigo. Like, yeah. he's he, like, he gives he, the receipts and all the right. All he, the he cuts his he cuts yeah. his face, and he's like, he's like, give me power. Yeah. He's like, I'll give you everything you yeah, want. Anything you ask for, anything I have. Okay. Like, I want my father yeah. back. You <laughs> son of a bitch. It's it's oh, awesome. so good. That's the kind of cursing that you can show kids. Yeah, you know. I feel like that's yeah, that, earned. That's a safe or that's a that's an earned curse. Yeah, it's not like he's like I'm motherfucking and you go like right. No, it's, it's not excessive. It's not gratuitous. It's yeah, not, and you're teaching kids that you shouldn't curse. But if the man that killed your father is there, you have him on the ropes, right. and you got to give him a line before you take back everything. Right, <laughs> that's right. You can drop a B word, you, you know. <laughs> and because I always, I've always said this, I feel like the, the the bitch moniker is such like a degrading term mm. because, like, even to call anyone like oh, this, this this bitch or this son of a bitch, it's like that's kind of like ooh, like yeah, it's gross. It, it's it's gr- it's kind of grotesque, but yeah. then like when you get him, like oh, you son of a bitch, and you get like that, it's like. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he deserves that bitch. Stand yeah. that bitch. Stand this stupid haircut motherfucker. Yeah, right oh, man. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, I love that because it's, like, that is the more justified, like, justified and fulfilling, like, revenge scene I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, like, Star Wars doesn't even compare to that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not, like, and it's such, like, a small... For, like, a small movie mm-hmm. that The Princess Bride is. Yeah. Like, and, then, and, like, the scale of it. Like, it's obvious sets and obviously mm-hmm. this, but it's, like, you feel like it's just this small... Maybe movie. happened over the course of, like, a couple days. Right. Yeah. And it, it like... No, this, like a week. Right. Yeah. And the, the stakes are kind of only personal. Right. The world is going to keep turning. Yeah. Like, if, if it, nothing yeah. happens, nothing happens. Yeah. Right? 
but like with this it's just like it's so like because of how endearing he was when wesley like wesley came up and, he, and you kind of like connected with him you kind of like you're like all right well, in different situations like they would definitely be friends mm-hmm. and then when you see him you know as gets drunk again he's like i'm here from the start i'm waiting for benzene and he's like i'm at the start and he's like he's like you could see like he know he he knows he failed. Yeah, again. and that kills oh. him. And then, and then when Fezzik heals him, and he's just yeah. like, he just kind of makes a meat. It's like oh, it's like and he passes out. And he just like starts yeah, knocking his head like in water, waterboarding like, him. Like, okay, enough. enough. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, relax. <laughs> I I think that like because you're so endeared to Inigo and Fezzik, you just want to see them succeed. And if they, even if like Fezzik died even though he just like disappeared yeah. like midway through he's like oh no i don't want to i don't want to lose anyone here yeah yeah it's like oh i found these horses yeah <laughs> i feel bad for the horse that has to carry him though yeah right <laughs> Oof. that poor horse but uh also i really like the the imagery of this guy who's like you know still has alcohol in his breath you know commoner's clothes for the most part and just the most badass sword right it like adds to the story to his story i feel like yeah know? um yeah, overall, just amazing character, fantastic. Yeah. But I do appreciate that they nerfed Wesley in the last act. Yeah, by murdering him. <laughs> yeah, because you know the thing is, I they built up the prince, uh, Prince Humperdinck as kind of this big weenie, mm. and his he wasn't go- like it wouldn't be satisfying to see him be bested because he could have been easily mopped, right. like no problem. I think you had to. You had to kind of trick him with your 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 mind. You had to like call out his cowardice, mm-hmm. and I think Wesley could see it. He's a coward. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I think because he's like, oh, if he if he knew how to fight, he wouldn't have sixty men guarding the gate. Mm-hmm. Like, if he knew, like, if he did this, he wouldn't have even the guy the guy with the the gate key. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. It's, yeah. like, it's like, give me the key. I don't have a key. Give me like. Key? Like, oh, oh, the, the gate key. Yeah, oh, this key? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, as soon as you say to rip his arms off, oh, oh, you mean this one. Okay. Right. I, I, I love, I, those small interactions, like, there's certain, like, I've been saying, I've like, been kind of piecing it out, like, those small interactions in comedies mm. make comedies so much funnier. Like, and it, it's tough, like, if you look at, like, a, a Will Ferrell movie, yeah. I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan. I know. I, it's, I kind of like old Adam Sandler more than I like, Will Ferrell mm-hmm. because they're like Will Ferrell is so over the top More, and so yeah. like everything is big while I like smaller interactions which is like that's funnier to me because it like tells you more about the character right exactly because it tell like they're in this world but they're able to be like oh wait like like when the gate guy like when he calls him over and he goes and he kneels on the chair and puts his, his arm on it <laughs> right. and then he just looks at him and looks down at the arm and looks up and then he takes his arm off and they puts his arm on <laughs> and then when when Buttercup comes in they both stand up yeah. and then they both sit right back yeah. down it's like that's fucking funny because yeah. it's I don't know like I don't know what it is I wish I knew more like, maybe I should read up more maybe I should do a little bit of research I don't know that's on me but <laughs> but it is it it's kind of this like like this like ridiculous accepted ridiculousness mm-hmm. where like you just kind of like you just go with it and it's funnier yeah like it, it makes the joke better yeah for sure yeah great just uh overall just really 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 
Yeah, really I, love that. I was in such a good mood after this movie. Yeah, I, I watched this movie early. I didn't. Even, I actually fell asleep after this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Not during the movie, but like after yeah, the movie, which yeah. is pretty big. Yeah, put you to bed. Yeah, put me to bed. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, just like the kid. Right. You just had you just had Peter Falk reading, reading your bedtime story. That's what I'm missing. I'm yeah. missing Peter Falk. You're missing Peter Falk reading <laughs> a bedtime story. <laughs> I think now, it's kind of interesting because you, you think in a more meta sense that like, say I, like, I tried to show it to my sister, but say I was like showing this to my kid. Right. You know what my kid would say at the beginning? It's like, ah, oh, from the 80s. Right. There's no CGI in this. What are you showing me this for? But then I think by the end of it, it holds up so well that I feel by the end of it, if I showed this to a kid, they would be a fan. I think it I think it would still hold weight because, yeah, you're right. It, it does hold. It, hold yeah. it holds like it, because there's nothing that instantly dates it. There's not like a thing that's like, well, if you don't sit down, I'm gonna tell Ronald Reagan you're a dick, like, yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah. shit like that, like or like. There's no effect that like is just terrible, you know. If you if you're a nice kid, I'll give you a VCR, like, yeah, you know, yeah. some like something stupid, like something like very eighties, mm-hmm. like and it's it, it kind of like there's certain like certain things in movies and certain things in trailers that like when I see them, like it automatically like turns me off mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen the like was it the. New, you know we had this action, the Captain America action figure though. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Like yeah, the uh, it's the the Kenner Secret Wars one. Nice. I looked into it. Wow. But no, I actually I <laughs> trust trust them. They had the He Man shit too. Yeah, I saw He Man. Oh, was it the that new uh, Jamie Foxx show? Was it Power? Or something? something about power. Something yeah. of power. Yeah, the Power Pill or whatever. Oh, P- Project Power. Project Power. That's yeah. it. So it looked interesting, <laughs> and then I saw the trailer to it. Mm. And I was like, I do not want to watch this movie. Or, why? Why is that? Because in the trailer they go, it, it. I have this. This is the weirdest thing. It's gonna sound so petty and so stupid, but so in the trailer they go. I think it opens up with Jamie Foxx and I forgot what the the actress's name is, but she's. He goes, well, what's your superpower? She's like, my superpower is rapping, and then she starts rapping I'm like. Oof, that's so fucking corny. Oof. I don't give a fuck about this movie. Yeah. And it's a thing in movies where they have a younger actor who also can do other things because younger actors have to do like six things for mm-hmm. them to be in a movie. Mm-hmm. So like when a kid could sing or a kid could dance or a kid can like, I don't know, do a puppet show or some shit and it's just, they, everyone's just like, whoa, that's amazing. I've never seen that before. Right. I feel like that automatically just takes me out of the movie. I'm like, I fucking hate this. It's stupid. Go fuck yourself. Like when in the last Airbender, when they cast Aang because the kid could do martial arts, right? Not because... Or in Grown Ups One, where Chris Rock's daughter can sing, right? So they have to have a plot point yeah. for singing. It's like, oh, she's gonna sing for the Jay Giles band. Honestly, do you do you know who the Jay Giles no. band is? No, I barely do. Yeah. It's like fuck the Jay Giles band. Ugh. But yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I hate that too. Yeah, and then everyone stops dead in their tracks. Yeah. Like, amazing. Wow, I, you didn't tell me you were that good. Right. I'm your parent. I've known right. you for your whole life. Right. I could have accidentally un- seen you sing before. 13 years you've been under my roof. I had no <laughs> idea you could sing like that. <laughs> right. That's like, oh my God, for 13 years I didn't know you existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, what the fuck? But like, in this, it doesn't have that where they have to like stop the movie dead to showcase anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, they, and so I feel like that's why it kind of holds, and I'm not saying, like, it, it, because it would be weird if, like, Fezzik's like, okay, you best me in a freestyle rap contest. Yeah. My name is Vinzini, and I'm here, like, kind of shit like that. That would have been, like, 
this is so fucking 80s right. fuck this right but like it, it doesn't because it, it, it it just it just exists it just like goes through mm-hmm. which is which is crazy because the movie does break its own fourth wall on several occasions not directly not like smiling and waving at us right but like you said when like you're showing like the whole that they're that they're just people mm-hmm. you know breaking tension and stuff like that right it does that to itself a lot yeah and especially when you're dealing with the 80s too with like the narration so for them to still manage to contain themselves right. is pretty impressive it is yeah and I it takes a lot of foresight. It does take a lot, and I like move. I like directors who are kind of just set in like a way, like because I, I know there was a wave of things, especially late eighties, early nineties, to like to urbanify their movies, like even if it didn't need to, kind of like urbanify, like, like to make it more modern, to make it more like to urban, kind of make it more urban. Does urban mean black in this case? Yes. Okay. Because if you look, <laughs> if you look, if you look at some like movies, like especially like comedies and like lower budget things, where it's like they kind of will do something that's just so cringy now mm. to kind of appeal to a market. Oh, like a breakdance, like right, like co- competition in the middle of exactly, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, or like or a rapping granny or something mm-hmm. like something just as you go like, uh, yeah, like, what, like what's the joke in this? Like, what, but the the joke is. It has to be there because the studio says. The stu- yeah. Right. I mean, it's stuff like that reek of studio interference. And Same think, thing with, like, the kids singing in Grown Ups. Right, yeah. It just sounds like whoever got this kid the job it's put like, in the contract, she has to sing at some point because right. she wants to be a singer, too. Exactly. Yeah. And it just, it, 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 and I like the fact that this, the only way it tries to appeal to the younger audience is that it's a kid being told the story. Sure. That's how, like. But you have to appeal to a younger audience, but it's what are you going to appeal to are you going to appeal to their to their uh, to their notions of like uh, being told a classic story of like you know oh their annoying grandpa's coming over and right. they, and, and then over time like you can appeal to them emotionally that way or you could have like some guy in some suit being like what are kids into today they're oh, into pogs they're, they're into, into rap and then like, rc racers yeah so throw those in the movie so wesley is fighting in the swamp but he gets saved by the kool-aid man yeah it's like right. why but yeah, I think uh, let me look up the budget real quick. But yeah, I think like can't be that high. Yeah, it can't be. I think, but like with a sorry with a uh, with a movie like this and like saying like showing it to younger kids. I think I think it it because also it has that what we kept on talking about with like uh, Avengers uh, Infinity Wars with the whole. Where I made fun of the guy who sat behind us. is like, why do they got to put the love story in? It doesn't... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this kind of shows you why love stories are entwined with adventure and Correct. action and everything. Where it's yeah. like... It's such high stakes for this character. Which builds the character. And then... You could even say, like, Inigo Montoya loved his father so much that it built... Like, the stakes of him failing were so high that it would cause him to become an alcoholic in two seconds. Yeah. Like, it just, it's, like, I, I, I fucking love well, this. It's the opposite of, like, the blue beam in the sky. Right. You know, it's like, oh, it's world ending, but nobody's personally attached to anything that's going on here. They just don't want the world to end. Right. Right? And this is the opposite where, you know, I guess, like, like we said, in the grand scheme of things, history will not be changed by Wesley and Buttercup not getting together. Right. But 
the personal ramifications of Wesley not getting Buttercup back, the personal like like toll of failure of um, Inigo not avenging his father. These are things that you know people can you, you can relate to more often because like you're not you're gonna be like oh man when was the last time like there was a portal that was gonna destroy the world and you just you had to fix it like ah right. oh, man like I, I get that. <laughs> that that speaks that's so true that speaks you to know me. Um, sat, like at work the other day <laughs> right but on the other hand it's like when did you have a breakup and you really thought it was true love right. or like and and you really thought that you guys should have. You guys made it. You guys broke up because of long distance. Right. Like you guys just started college. And you're like, yeah, we were really into each other. But like, there comes a point where it's like, I kind of have to throw everything out and go for it. Right. And become a pirate or something. And and you're oh, just this cost sixteen million dollars to make. Wow. And made thirty million. Yeah. So I mean, it's a plus. It doubled, but like you would but think it could be more. But I think it, it's more of a cult hit, cult hit and, and yeah. it definitely worked out well in maybe the DVD market because mm. it, it does hold up. Yeah, for so, sure. It's a sure. hit. This is a hit. It's a hit, baby boy. Yeah. Like dealing with failure is yeah. such a universal experience right. and someone like Inigo who just has been carrying that for so long. Right. Like that's relatable. Like that's just, yeah. Even being like being misunderstood like uh, Fezzik, like just because you're only seen for your size or you're seen for something else. Like, mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, he's a deep, he's a man of deep thought, a man of right. great rhymes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's being, but his boss, only, Do- they're trying to put him in a, put him in a hole. Put right. Him in, a, in a square, in a square peg. Right. Right. So it's, it's not a complete tangent, okay. but, um, I was talking to Marjorie at, at the pool yesterday. Okay. Very bright girl. Awesome worker. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean. We're not going to do last names. No, yeah. yeah but yeah, do you know who? I think, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and she has to write her college essay, mm. right? And uh, she, her whole thing is like, I don't know, I don't have any experiences. I, I've never been anywhere. Like, I don't have anything that to write about. I'm just a normal, boring person. Uh-huh. And she was like, what did you write yours about? And you know, like me on the, uh, I wrote my college essay on when I was a swimmer, right? Uh, yeah. You, you were a swimmer? I was on the swim, yeah, I was on a swim team in Brooklyn. We were the best in the city. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. I know. I mentioned. I only mentioned it like. There's every... pools in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like you know, that is something that's very mundane. Right. But the reason it affected me was you, you know I drowned early on when my coach like was trying to haze me. That's why I, put, we I always put my water in a dark cup so that you don't get triggered by. Thank you. It. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people have me on their podcast. They don't do that. I know. They try um, giving you the clear. Just cold sweat. Whatever. <laughs> um, and so that, like, upset my brother and I a lot. Okay. And, you know, we, and, and because my brother didn't like, well, first of all, he didn't like the coach when he did that. And second, he didn't like how hard that coach was working us. And so him and my coach did not get along until eventually, but I, I took it, you know, and I, and I, for me, it was like, I don't want to go through that again. Right. So like, I'm trying to push myself, right. I'm trying to get good at this. Whereas my brother's like. I don't respect this guy for what he did, and he's not. He's not. I'm not I don't want to. If this guy's telling me to do 100 laps, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do 75 just to like you know. You don't tell me what to do. So eventually, it came to a crossing roads where a crossroads where the coach was like, was like, look, you're not. You're not doing enough. Do you want to be here or not? And my brother's like, no. And he's just like, all right, get up and and get out. And if you get out, don't come back. And my brother got up and he left. And then the coach was like, are you leaving too? 
and that was like a big crossroads for me and you know and I stayed right okay. and my brother and I inseparable for the first 12 13 years of my life mm-hmm. he was my you know he's still I mean he's still my best friend but like right. he, I didn't have many other friends it was me and my brother all the time right. everything so no, it's like a, a even check to your apart. loyalties right yeah and so we that was like the first time we split and I ended up sticking with the swim team you know and because of my experience there you know it definitely built a stronger work ethic you know it got me in really good shape and you know and, and I developed like a big sense of independence from it and those were all qualities that have helped me in life right, right. and that and, and my brother kind of went down his own path and you know and, and he's who he is because of it too um and so my college essay was about that trying oh, that's interesting sorry the nu- this nuclear bomb yeah right? so my college essay was about that like that mundane experience but because of the personal effect on me and how i grew from it right and like how it kind of had that on my back it made me a better person right so i was telling her about that and for her now uh, we were talking and she's t- t- she's very competitive okay right? so she is on the debate team she plays tennis like she's very like going against other people but she wants to eventually be a lawyer and then a judge yeah so, that's a perfect way of doing things right yeah. so i'm like okay so you can definitely tell a story about you know that competitive drive being what pushes you right but then uh, do you ever feel like maybe it pushes you too far in a direction you know and like you take things you, you like don't know how to deal with loss or you know right like, like i could have like, like right there i could have said like well describe your first loss of being super competitive exactly you know, you're and always like, expecting to win right and so now your essay can be about learning like like you know you have the you start off being super competitive and driven which is a good trait right but the negative to that is you are you don't know how to deal with failure same right. thing was like me and my brother were very close that's a good trait and i was very loyal to him but the downside was i didn't have a lot of independence and my whatever i did was kind of dictated by whatever he was doing you were kind of in his shadow a yeah bit, yeah, you're a big brother. Brother. yeah yeah and so having if there's an event like for me it was my brother leaving the team and or I guess me drowning, whichever one is more influential. I think well, they go I think it's more of Dan's opposition to authority. Yeah, is that really? Yeah, that's true. Is? Yeah, because that's like that's a current trend. Yeah, that that, that, that hasn't gotten any yeah. any better. But my my which surprises me. He wanted to be a cop. I know he wanted to become the authority. I don't, yeah. It's all power. It's, it's all power dynamics, yeah. right? Um, but for Marge, it's like. If you can tell a story about a failure and how that competitive drive ended up hurting you and how you grew right. to learn to cope with that better, that could be a good story. Yeah. And what makes both stories, uh, I think, more interesting than the average one is that you can is that any college like, admissions committee can read it and they're being told and, they, and because it's emotions and experiences that even though they may never have been on the debate team, tennis club, swim team, but they have definitely felt learned had to deal with failure. They've definitely right. had to deal with becoming their own person. Traveling the world doesn't make you worldly. Right. Being mature at a certain age makes you more worldly. Like right. you could you yeah, you could go to the far corners of the world and still be an immature dick. Right. But like you you realize it like fifteen years old after if you like started a sport and you were good at it and then like you the first failure and you're like, Well, I could alright, well now I'll dust myself off and go that makes you so much more of like, like accepting loss at a young age is great. I don't yeah. know. I don't. Know, that's the, the longest walk for that shit. But yeah. like, yeah, like that, like that's that's t- like that's tough and like that's a good, that's good. 
that's good advice. Yeah, so to bring it back then to... And you needed eye surgery to see, but you can yeah. see this whole time. <laughs> I needed better vision, but boy, I could see. Um, so Your eyes don't count for wisdom. That's right, that's right. Uh, but to bring it back to the movie... See, my advice would have been like, I don't know, just lie. I don't fucking that's, what, that's what Lorenzo and a few other people were telling her. Right. And I was like, I think it'd be more interesting if you could... You could take it from me, Dr. Mad. <laughs> yeah, I guess, right? But uh, but I like writing, so right. things like that yeah. work. I, I think like things like that, I feel like they want to know like that you're a genuine person. And the last... It, you could, it's possible to do it, but I feel like the most counterintuitive way to do that would be to lie. Yeah, I you think know? I think these people know have read enough. So many that they'll be like, "This is bullshit." Yeah, like whatever. Because you are not that clever. You're like no no high school like person, no kid in high school is like, oh like is gonna think it's gonna come up with the perfect lie that right. no one's ever heard. One before. summer, my parents were like, "You have to backpack through India." Yeah, like for for mm-hmm. in dentistry, the the joke is like, "Oh, when you were twelve years old, you got braces, and that made you want to be an orthodontist and all that shit," right? When I was, I got braces when I was young, and then the first, the last thing I wanted to do was be anything close yes. to the dentist. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, that's yeah, that's that's most people, I think. Right. But, but the idea is like you you coming up with like some you come up with something off the top of your head is going to be something that someone else has come up with. But you thinking about something that's personally happened to you right. is going to be something that no one else yeah. has has come up with. And to bring it all back to Princess Bride, I know. Sorry, long road. Hey. Matt hasn't been here in like two weeks. Yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta make up for he does, lost time. He doesn't like baseball, so he can't do the <laughs> baseball. <show. laughs> to, to to bring it back, you don't need to tell a, a story about save. It doesn't have to be saving the world. Right. It doesn't have to be like universes collapsing on each other. It doesn't have to be um, something so grandiose. It has to be something personal. Right. You know, it has to be something that people can be can look at it on an emotional level and be like, I have felt this before. I think I we've all had a point in our lives where we're like, this is love in some mm-hmm. way. Like, we've grown up in, in some respect. In, in whatever spectrum and thing you fall into, at some point, you knew this is it. Like, yeah. This is the thing I lo- like. I'll go to a great lengths of doing. Yeah. And I feel like when you see that, especially in this movie, no matter what year it was made in, the fact, and also that it helps that it's funny. It helps that it's mm-hmm. kind of quick. It helps that like there are char- like the the characters in this are very charismatic and mm-hmm. very like engaging. And it helps you kind of just be like, you know, I've felt this way before. I've I've definitely done dumb shit to prove that I like someone or that yeah. I love someone. Like you know, you 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 you've been on that step, like whether you've taken the the, the last step like Wesley did or like right. Amigo did or like everyone like Buttercup did to kind of just commit to it mm-hmm. or stood or, or didn't which is all right it's your choice it's like this that's is life yeah that's life like that's what even, makes this a fantasy right and yeah. even in the the book is like no one the, no one wrote that life is fair yeah no one wrote that like this is like you might want something to happen and it didn't and that's accept it yeah or you know do something right and i think i think that was a great tool that the movie did was the the grandpa would every time the kid like protested the grandpa would be like look who said life's fair? Right. Like, look, sometimes people die. Right. Or like, you know, like bad people, they don't, sometimes they don't get what's coming to them. Right. Exactly. You know? That's kind of like when pe- when you're watching a movie with somebody and they just start asking, especially if you've seen it before, mm-hmm. and they start asking you what happens, it's like, just shut up and watch. Yeah. 
like, and you want to like be polite about it. Of course. So the, the, I, the grandpa just said, "Shut up." Yeah. <laughs> I always like when people do that to me. I kind of just like shoot them a look, like, mm. like I could have just told you what this right. movie is about. Right. Like, I want you to like just watch the fucking. Thing. Yeah, you can Google this if you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like IMDb is on your phone. Right. right? Just go nuts. But, but like. Yeah, but it, when you have that, and you have those elements of real life, those elements of like, look, sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. Sometimes it's not the storybook. Now, as an audience, though, you are more like um, invested in true love working out because you know that it might not in right. the story. Or you're more interested in him getting his revenge because you know it might not. It doesn't always work out that way. Like the, like the last line where it's like... Uh... They said like and and in, 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 since the invention of kissing, there's been five kisses that have been mm. so like passionate and, and uh, where the, this blew them all away. Like yeah. and that felt earned. Yeah, and that, that felt good. That felt really that good. Felt really good. Felt really good. Oh, I think this brings us to a point where we could grade it. It's been over an hour. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. The tangent. You didn't. Need, we didn't need that tangent. No, that's fine. I'm. I'm. Oh, you're. We, we're I'm, not the audience. Yeah, we're not the audience. <laughs> Um, Those people in Virginia. What up, Virginia? Yeah, right. Big, big Virginia, California. Big, big Verge. Uh, West Virginia or regular Virginia? Regular Virginia. That's right. Get out of here, West Virginia. <laughs> you don't belong here, West Virginia. Nah. See, that kind of... Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, this is tough. For me, it's between a nine... I can't think of anything wrong with Do you want to open the, open, the di- open the door? I might. Do you want to... I kind of want to let him we, we really should start filling this hole. Yeah, it's been a long time. I, because if, if you if you nominate it, I'll second it. Yeah, I, it, I, I literally I can't think of what's wrong with the movie. Sure, some of the '80s things don't hold up well, like the special effects. But right, that's not what makes a movie good. I'm trying to think of like what's like the goofiest Hall of Fame movie we have. Mm. We should really wrote down these fucking things. Yeah, but I mean, if we could accept Terminator Two. No offense to Terminator 2. <laughs> I get so much shit for liking that movie. Uh, look, I, I like Terminator 2 as well. Right. I mean, we did see it. I did tell yeah. you when it came out, came back out in the movie theaters. Like, I'm so glad I it. got to experience that. But in the 3D, in 3D quote unquote 3D. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just gave us glasses. You just gave us glasses. But I think like if we can accept a ridiculous concept of Terminator. Yeah. And we can accept the, the acting of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is... A I thought he played a robot very well. I, yeah. <laughs> Relax. No, that's Terminator 3. I need a vacation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, um, I think... I agree. I, I do agree. I'm, I'm willing to open the door on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to put it up on the mantle. For me, it's Because it's got to be between a 9 and a 10. Right. But I don't know why I would give it a 9. Like, I don't know what's holding it back from a 10. If, is anything? I don't think I so. I don't think so either. I think it's I think it's because it's so compact and so like everything kind of works out. Like you, like we said, we love the supporting characters. Yeah. Even the main characters are really nice. Yeah. Like uh, it is a nice love story. Yeah. It, it has it. Yeah. It's funny. Um. It pay every every loose thread tied up at Very the tight. end. Even like why did why did Vicini even want to do this? Right. They explained it. It was Humperdinck that hired him in the first place. And there's always, like, that scene in a, a, a book or things, like, well, I hired the guy. It's like, okay, we Good. got it. We Thank got you. it. Thank you. Okay. We got it. Thank you. Like, everything that was needed is explained, and then yeah. if it's explained, it's kind of called out on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that's that's good shit. 
That's good shit. That's good shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, I th- yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a ten. I'm gonna say a ten. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I, 10. I I I agree. Yeah. I will agree with you. I I think it's it's definitely in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. It's up there with Empire Strikes Back, The Dark, Dark Knight, Knight, The Dark Knight, Terminator Two, Terminator Two, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, um, Spider Man Two. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, if we can accept Spider Man Two, then yeah, we can surprise in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is as far as Spider-Man one, yeah. honestly, but uh, but yeah, if we yeah, yeah exactly, if we could do the Sam Raimi like horror like yeah, yeah. tentacles destroying a surgical operating room, yeah, we could do this. We could do this. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel ju- I feel vindicated. All right. In in, in taking that leap, uh, it's on our Mount Rushmore. No, not Mount Rushmore. All oh, right. That's a that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. That's a whole different thing. That's like. That's like etched in stone. Icon- yeah. yeah, that's like iconic. Like, and then you could you could ask somebody about adding a little boil to it if you want. Like down in the bottom. Although Nico yeah. Montoya, Nico Montoya, I, I, I mean, can see his face on on Mount Rushmore. I I think I think Mount Rushmore's are characters, but yeah. all the famous movies, right? Because you could you could we could like, I wish I could still I wish we could I wish we still did the blog kind of mm-hmm. just a little bit mm-hmm. so we could explain our Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Maybe I could do something on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah, maybe next time we do a quick episode, we can go in. We can right. go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, I think that's the shoot. That is. You know, thank you so much for listening to this through the long haul. We're being uh, siren <laughs> to <laughs> go into <laughs> to go into our apocalypse bunkers, so we have to stop uh, filming now. Uh, shooting, I guess. Yeah. It's not really film. Uh, you know, as always, guys, you can always hit us up on Twitter at Movie Mayhem Pod. On Instagram at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Uh, Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. And also, if you want to buy some shit, go to tpublic.com backslash Movie Mayhem Dodcast. Dodcast with a D. With a D, baby. And <laughs> so, uh, we're going to try to get guests back on soon. Yeah, we've uh, reached that point where, even though there's an air in the back, where I think. Yeah. Things are pretty safe. No, uh, everything's okay. Uh, things actually are not safe right now. No, things are but, not getting better. But we are getting better at dealing with. Yeah, them. and I think because we we've, we've done a setup like as you could tell from the last two weeks, we were uh, when we did the, our episode of the Landy Lodge now on YouTube and iTunes and That's right. uh, everywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, we set up in my dining room, which is a little bit bigger than the studio. So we're able to kind of spread out a little bit more mm-hmm. and a little bit easier. Yeah. So we'll nice. we'll definitely try to. Uh, Annoy people to come on the show. Or anyway, we figured out Zoom, so we could do that we too. We could do that if we need to. Yeah. But I got honestly, I think all most of the people that we get on the show right. have already stopped like, you know, hiding in their in their yeah. rooms all the time anyway. Uh, so if anything, it's more dangerous for us than it is for them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out. I have Lysol. I could spray in their face. So yeah. Like, well, excuse like, me. Like in like like a freaking uh, like air freshener. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like breath freshener. All right, so here we go. Now I get to tell you the, the one true love story that I had. Oh yeah. So it was about. Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die.